0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. As I start the message today, I want to read to you from Genesis chapter 1. And we're going to really be looking, as we've looked at the theme of Easter, We're going to be looking at one of the key principles, if you like, of the kingdom. Stay with me here so that you don't miss this. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, most of us have had this read or heard it read at some time, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Nice to just speak and things happen, eh? (laughs) Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And then it says something very significant, which I don't want you to miss. It says, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first, or that, the, the first day. God measures things differently to you and I. He says, evening and morning the first day. Do you know how we measure everything? We say we get up in the morning, and we go through the day, and then it's evening, and we go to bed, and that's a day. But God says, no, I don't start in light and end in darkness. I start in darkness and end in light. You see, we live our lives. Someone is born, they live, and they live a long life, or they live a short life, and then they die. God says, no, you die, and then you live. You see, everything in God's economy goes from death to life, not from life to death. From darkness to light, not from light to darkness. In your life, the challenges you face, it's not like you're born and life starts out wonderfully and then, you know, you end up dying and you're so glad you're dying because life sucks. No, life could start in poverty. It could start in difficulty, but it goes from strength to strength, from glory to glory. Are you with me? Do you know that all Jewish days start in the evening, not in the morning? The Sabbath does not start in the morning. It starts on Friday night as soon as it gets dark at sunset. And uh, the world lives from, de- from life to death, from dark to li- from light to dark. But we live through an opposite principle. It is the principle of the kingdom. And you know what? It happened at the cross. Jesus went from death to b- being resurrected, life. Notice here, Romans chapter four and verse twenty-five. He was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. So our theme today is from death to life. You probably looked at it and thought, death to life. Yeah, why did they even say it? It's obvious. No, it's not obvious. You need to live from death to life because it's a principle of the kingdom. Are you with me today? If you can grasp this principle, you will understand what happened to Jesus. You'll understand that he's alive today and you will understand how your life works in the kingdom. Are you with me? And I'm not going to take too long to talk about this But I want you to notice here how Jesus, when he was crucified, it kind of turns it on its head and says suddenly that he was crucified in the morning. Notice here in Matthew chapter 15, and I'll explain to you why, because whenever the Bible speaks about something, there's always a reason or there's a prophecy and its fulfillment. And Matthew 15 says it was nine in the morning when they crucified him. Why nine in the morning? Why does the Bible bother to mention the time? You'll find out in a moment. And at three in the afternoon, verse 34 says, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, Lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then verse 37, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his lost. And so he was crucified at the third hour, nine o'clock in the morning. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, it began to get dark. The whole of the planet was dark. And then Jesus died. Why did that happen? Well, it happened because exactly like that in the temple, they were told prior to Jesus' coming to offer lambs as a sacrifice for their sins, and the first lamb at Passover was offered at exactly nine o'clock in the morning when Jesus was crucified on the cross and the doors of the temple would open at nine o'clock and the trumpets would blow declaring that the first sacrifice would have been offered. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, the evening sacrifice would be offered at three o'clock. And so again, Jesus fulfilled exactly the requirements of the lamb that took away temporary sins, By dying on the cross and taking away all our sins. His death accomplished much more and fulfilled prophecy. And he became the sacrificial lamb. Notice here in Exodus 29 because not only is this what happened when the lambs were sacrificed for sins. But when they ordained the priesthood they did the same thing. Exodus 29, these are the sacrifices you are to offer regularly on the altar. Each day, offer two lambs that are a year old, one in the morning, nine o'clock, and other in the evening at three o'clock as it begins to get dark. It will be a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented to the Lord. That's what Jesus' death was. And these burnt offerings, notice, are to be made each day from generation to generation. What this means in Jewish life is it's called the law of Tamid, T-A-M-I-D, the law of Tamid, and it means the law of continuous offering. The Jews believe they need to keep doing this. That's why they're desperate to have their temple back so they can offer sacrifices. But Jesus, when he died, the Bible says he now stands before the presence of the Lord, Hebrews 7.25, and it says he ever lives To make intercession for us. In other words, he's continually there. A lot of people misinterpret the scripture. Maybe I should just say this. Jesus makes intercession. He's not standing in heaven next to the Father and going, let him off, let him off, let her off. She didn't mean it. It's an accident. She's a good chick. No, no, he's not praying intercession. Just by being there continually. When John looked up at the throne in Revelation, he saw Jesus there. Just by being there. The father looks at him and our sins are forgiven. And it's a replacement for the lamb. He he was once slain, doesn't have to be slain every year. He doesn't have to keep coming and keep going. Are you with me? And his death brought life for us. And it was also the ordination of the priesthood where they offered a lamb in the morning and a lamb in the afternoon. Do you know that we are called a royal priesthood? Jesus' death on the cross didn't just save us but brought us into the family of God and made us priests. Can I just say this? It's been very convenient during COVID to watch church online. And thank God we can do it while there's still government restrictions. But we must not forget that we are not watching a television channel like DSTV or Netflix. Currently, we are living in an unnatural situation We are meant to be part of a priesthood together offering spiritual sacrifices of finance and of worship and of serving. That's what we've been saved to. Let me remind you of it because we forget these verses, 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. That purple robe Jesus wore as king, took our sins on the cross, he now transfers to you. And you wear the combination of heaven and earth because Jesus lives in you. And he says, You're a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? That you may declare the praises of him. Watch this. Who called you out of what? Darkness into his marvelous light. Can you see we go from dark to light, not light to dark. We go from death to life, not life to death. The principle of the kingdom, the principle of Jesus' death, and Jesus' death always brings life. Listen. God's God's economy is one where the things are the darkest, that's where He shows Himself. You can't often see things in bright sunlight, but when the sunlight's gone, you can see the smallest flame. You can see the smallest flicker. You'll remember when they fed the 5,000, most of us know the story, in John's gospel, Matthew's gospel. In fact, Matthew talks about the fact that when they were feeding, Jesus was preaching, and the crowds were following him, and they were about to be fed. I want you to notice something here. It says, as evening approach Matthew 14 verse 15 as evening approached the disciples came to him and said this is a remote place it's already getting late send the crowds away so they can go to villages and buy themselves some food but Jesus replied they do not need to go away you give them something to eat in other words when it gets dark and need is at its height that's when life comes that's when miracle happen miracles happen that's when God shows himself it's always from death to life If something in your life has died right now, if something in your life is at a low ebb right now, your energy, your health, your dreams, your finances, that's the time when you can look to the Lord and He says, my principle is one of death to life, not life to death. You're not going to end here. I don't end in death. I end in life. Now, let me unpack this principle just a little bit here from the the Scriptures. Let me give you four verses. Psalm 30 and verse 5. It says, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Watch this. Weeping may stay for the what? The night. But rejoicing comes when? In the morning. Can you see? It always goes from dark to light. In Psalm 18 and verse 28. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into Light. We go from dark to light, from death to life. Psalm 112 in verse 4, talking about righteous people. It says, even in darkness, light dawns for the upright. What are you facing today? Don't think light to dark, life to death. Think dark to light, death to life. And when you look at Jesus, you can't forget it, because he died a terrible death, as we looked at this morning, but he came back to life, and we celebrate that on Easter Sunday. In fact, Jesus promises here in John chapter eight, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never what walk in darkness, but will have the what? the light of life." So Jesus turns everything on its head. If you're just an average person and you don't know Jesus, your life could just get worse and worse. You could live your life and eventually die, and that's the end of you. You end up going to a lost eternity. But when you follow Jesus, it's turned on its head. Suddenly you go from strength to strength. And when you die, you find eternal life because you follow him. Are you with me? We need to understand this principle, and Jesus even taught this principle, But many people don't see it in their lives. They see it in the life of Jesus. But he's actually painting a principle of the kingdom that I want you to grasp today for your own life. Notice here in John chapter 12. He says here, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat, a seed of wheat, falls into the ground and it dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, that's a negative, it produces many seeds. Many seeds. I mean, you know, Jesus' death saved many people. And then he says, anyone, talking to us now, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What does he mean by that? He's saying if you try to make yourself comfortable and live a life of ease and do minimum and never be inconvenienced, you won't see much in your life. But if you lay down your life, make sacrifices, serve God, and press through difficulty, you will have a great life. And His death on the cross shows us that when you lay your life down, God raises it up. You go from death to life. You see, the principle is one that if we die, we live. Let me point this out to you practically today from Scripture concerning us. This principle works in the whole of the Christian life. Do you notice your salvation starts with the death of Jesus and then our death? Jesus dies on the cross for our sins, but how do we get saved? We die to self. You're not sure, you're looking at me like a dog at a new gate. (laughs) Romans chapter 6 and verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also what? Live with him. In John chapter 5 and verse 24, very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed from where? Death to life. So not only did Jesus die on the cross, but when we accept him into our lives, we die to all our opinions, our works, and our own ways of thinking, and we agree that Jesus is the only way, and as we die to our opinion and our pride and our sin, we find life. It's a principle of the kingdom. and That's why many Christians don't experience the full life of God is because they've made a little bit of an agreement. They've enjoyed coming to church because of the girls and the guys or the coffee, but they haven't actually died. That's why they don't have life. It's only when you die that you find life. Am I making sense? Here's the second thing. Baptism is symbolic of going from death to life. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So you die to self when you receive Jesus as Savior. Then when you go in the waters of baptism, it is a death. That's why often when you get baptized, as soon as you've been baptized, the devil comes because he wants to bring back to life the flesh which you have put to death in the water. You know when the devil tempted Jesus straight after his baptism? And baptism is wonderful, but you've got to recognize it as a death. And death brings life. And ladies, the thought of baptism, your lipstick and mascara running, your blouse sticking to your body and revealing your, your roles maybe, you've got to die to that. <laughs> you've got to die to that. I remember years ago, a pastor was baptizing a lady, and he, he just couldn't get her under the water. Every time he tried, and he was, he was quite strong. And eventually, he just, as we say in, in, in Afrikaans, he ricked her, he took her, and, he, and as he put her under the water, she hit her head on the step, because it was one of those ones at the back here, you know, with the stairs, and, he, and you could hear under the water, and she came out, and he felt terrible. You know, everyone's clapping, and he's like, I banged her head. Anyway, into her afterwards, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't know what happened. She says, you know what? God gave me a knock on the head because I kept resisting because I didn't want my mascara to run. But in the waters of baptism, through salvation, it's death to life. Are you with me? And here's the thing. When we live our Christian life and temptation comes to our flesh, year number three, if we die to sin, then only do we experience the new life of righteousness. If you keep wanting to live as a sinner and running off to sinful things and living like the world, you will never live the righteous life God intends because you've not died. Are you with me? And there are many Christians today who are living like that. They believe in their heads, but they've not died. And it's only when you die that you experience the new life of righteousness. Uh, When when, when you subdue the flesh, then you experience that different dimension. Romans 6 and verse 13, Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God, watch this, as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. The kingdom works like this. When you serve God, when you give of your finances, When you volunteer, and you know, there's been this whole thing in the news lately that certain churches are are getting free labor from volunteers. No, no, we follow Jesus, and there can be abuses in any church, we know that, but we give of ourselves because we follow his model. He died for us voluntarily, as Pastor Vilma shared this morning. Now we volunteer with the same pattern because when we die, the church lives. Are you with me? When you die to self and get up when it's still dark and get dressed and come here in the rain and serve in the car park or children's church, you're dying to what you comfortably could do. When you stay at home and just don't come, you, 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 you're not inconvenienced. But when you inconvenience yourself, the church lives. People can park. People can serve. People can sing. You know, the, the worship team doesn't wake up on a Sunday and go, I feel like it. They also wish, like to sleep in. Come on, we're all normal. But we die so others can live. And this principle is a principle of the kingdom. And, uh, you know, I was reading a story i shared it some years ago. Uh, there was a tsunami coming to a Japanese island, a small island off the coast. And the people living there could not see it, but up on the hill, what they used to do is they used to harvest all their crops and put them on the hill, because it was very damp down below, and so the entire harvest of that year was gathered up on the hill, and the village leader, who was quite wealthy, he lived up there, and he had the entire harvest, and one morning as he looked out, he saw the waters rolling in, and he had no way of warning the people at the bottom that danger was coming. So you know what he did? He took a a, a torch and, and lit it with paraffin and he set fire to the entire year's harvest. And as a result of that harvest burning, the people below looked up and our entire year's income. And they just dropped everything and ran up the hill. And as a result of the loss of the crops, the people received life. You see, that's how it works. Death always looks negative, loss always looks negative, but whenever there's a death, there is life, isn't that true? I remember years ago, we had one service, and we only had one service, and if you didn't get into that service, well, that was it, and then we decided to have two, then we decided to have three, we decided to have four, eventually in that building for over five years, we had five services, and we, you, you, you don't get up in the fifth service and go, good morning, church, you're like, I'm going to have to say everything again. Lord Jesus, help me, because sometimes I feel like I'm losing my mind, and you would smile, but on the inside, and you die, and at the end, you ask for people's hands, and hands go up. You you die so others can live. Are you with me? And we need to grasp this What happened at the cross, Jesus went from death to life when he was raised. And in your life, if you die in your Christian life, you will also go from death to life. It's a principle. We see it right from the beginning of the Bible. And You you remember when when, um, God asked Abraham to offer up his son. Do you remember that? Genesis 22. And the Bible says, the Lord said to him, take your only son, the one you love. Picture of Jesus the only son, the one the father loved. And here's the thing. It's the first time love is mentioned in the whole of the Bible. It's Genesis 22. And then it says this. It says, Abraham saddled his donkey. So why is the Bible telling us he went on a donkey? We don't actually care. Why does it just say he went? Because the donkey fulfilled his mission, where he took his son to offer him up. And Moses also got on a donkey, you can read in Exodus 4, when he wanted to fulfill his mission of redeeming the children of Israel, which would point to Jesus, who would one day get on a donkey and fulfill his mission. Now wait, Isaac, Isaac, who is going to be offered up, carries his own wood. Didn't Jesus carry his own wood after riding on a donkey? And then... The amazing thing is Isaac puts the wood down and lies on it. Jesus is nailed to the wood of the cross. Why the wood? Because on the third day, the trees were created, and they were the cause of the fall of man. Now, at the cross, the tree is the redemption of man. Everything in the Bible has significance, and whenever you see a death symbolized, it's always pointing to life. In fact, it says this about Abraham, and I went off the point a bit Abraham, in Hebrews 11, it says, he, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, did receive Isaac back from death. See, he knew he was offering him, and he knew in God's economy, death always equals life. So he went right ahead, and he obeyed God. Is this making sense today? You see, death always produces life, even in the worst of circumstances. Some time ago, I told the story, and I thought it would be worth repeating today. It's the story of the Northwest Airlines crash in um, 1987, Flight 225, and all 155 people were killed in that accident, except for one four-year-old child, Cecilia Crocker. And, you know, when they first found her on the highway because the plane crashed and all the debris was on the highway and some of the people on the highway, their cars caught fire, they thought she had been knocked out of one of the vehicles. They thought that the, the plane had hit a car and she'd been ejected from the car. But actually what her mother had done is her mother had bent her whole body over Cecilia's body and huddled herself as the plane hit the ground. And as a result of her mother's death, Cecilia got life. In fact, she's still alive today and has had a tattoo of the plane put on her hand. Her mother's death gave her life. It's always from death to life. Parents, when you're serving your family, you're sacrificing for your children's university and their school fees, and you're feeding them and they're unappreciative, always remember your death as a couple. Your death when you want to buy mag wheels or you want to go on a cruise is bringing life. And children appreciate your parents' death. <laughs> you see, this is a principle for life. John Maxwell said this. He, he says that we often don't want to die, and he puts it like this. He says, if we fail in life, it is seldom an ability issue or a resources issue. It is always a price issue. We don't like inconvenience. We don't like suffering, let alone death. Isn't that true? But Dwight D. Eisenhower, the great general, said this. He said, there are no victories at bargain prices. How many of you can think today, just just think, think of an incredibly successful person. You will always find without exception, they've had to sacrifice, suffer, literally die in order to see what they see. That's why I get very angry when I read articles attacking people. It seems to be people's favorite occupation to attack Elon Musk at the moment. Uh, Because how dare he be so rich? Leave him alone. He's probably died over and over and over in his study, in his lounge, in his office to see what he's seeing. He didn't breeze into it. He didn't sit one day and the money just came. You can be sure, anyone who is successful, anyone who's got a large church, large business, successful marriage has died and sacrificed for that life to exist. (laughs) Never look at it and think... (laughs) I'm waiting for my turn to come, no, no, don't wait for your ship to come in, go swim out to meet it, put in the work, die to self, and you'll see life, you see, we get deceived, we think we can can just experience life without death, it doesn't work like that, it didn't work like that in Jesus' case, and it's not going to work like that in your case, and Jesus died so that you can live, we die so that others can live in the kingdom, isn't that true? If you're serving in multiple services, if you've been giving money to Rivers Church for years, always remember, you're not giving to a man. You're giving to the kingdom, and God will see to it, even if the man fails you. I don't intend to fail you, but you know what I'm saying. Come on, we know what you're saying. Amen. You know, I was reading about the Auschwitz uh, prison camp some years ago, and I think I wrote about it in one of my books, uh, the Block 14 and uh, what the Nazis used to do is they used to go into these blocks because they, would keep, they kept getting filled up with people, you know. They kept bringing people and capturing people and sending them with trains, and they couldn't burn them up quick enough. So they'd go into a block, and they'd call out a whole lot of people every couple of days, and they'd line them up, and they'd just shoot them and, you know, put them in a hole. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. One day, they went into block 14, and they called out a whole lot of people and lined them up, and one of them was the father of a very large family, Francis Sheck, and uh, they called him out, and he stood there, and uh, he he was the father of a large family, he he couldn't believe what was happening, so he fell on his knees, and he started begging, and pleading with them that they wouldn't take his life, and a Polish Jesuit priest, a Franciscan, uh, Maximilian Kolbe, he was in the camp, he's the man with the bicycle, he stepped forward, and he said, sir, I'll take his place, and everyone was shocked, and the commander had to think about it for a while, and he said, okay. And they let Franciszek go, and they killed Maximilian Kolbe. In fact, the Vatican has made him a saint as a result. And, uh, Maxima, uh, and, and Franciszek went on and uh, lived a full life and ended up back with his family after the war. And uh, at all because someone else died in his place. Here's what Jesus has done for you. Jesus died so that you can live. And if you apply that principle in your life, you will see blessing in your life because death and sacrifice always produce life. As I come to a close here today, three things quickly. This is what you mustn't do with your life. And we can be deceived sometimes. You know, the world is deceptive. The world will tell you you can have it easy. In fact, South Africans, can I say this? South Africans are largely living in deception. Do you know why? Large percentage of South Africans are waiting for their blessing to come. And I can tell you that I say to the Lord, it will never come. But they have believed a lie that you can just live a life of ease and you can end up living like other people. It will never happen. It is not the nature of life and it is not a principle of the kingdom. Now, don't you get deceived by that and think that you can have ease and be blessed and be successful. In fact, these are the three deceptions I think we can end up with and I want to help you today. We can believe we can stop paying a price and still reach our potential. I don't believe it's possible. You can only reach your potential if you pay a price and you die. You die to watching Netflix in the evening. You read more books or you do evening studies or you put in extra work or you stay late at the office or you think a little bit more than other people think, but nothing just comes your way. Can you say amen? Your marriage, you've got to put more in if you want it to thrive. Marriages don't just thrive. You don't just meet someone and then there's a spark. And then that spark lasts forever. Next year, February, we will be married 50 years. You you have to work hard. You have to go in the kitchen and cuddle and smile when you feel like going. Wilma often asks me, did you? No. Because it's the nature of the beast. You've got to die to... then comes life. Many men want the wife to come alive in the bedroom, but they didn't die to their moodiness and their super sport. Moving right along. How many of you know death always produces life? Are you getting the point? Secondly, we can believe we can stop paying the price and still maintain our momentum. You've got success at the moment in your life. You've seen great things happen. No, you have to keep dying. Rivers Church is 30 years since it's 30 years since we came to this Assembly of God Church, called it Rivers Church. We will celebrate our 30th celebration in November this year with Pastor Steve Penny. <laughs> How many of you know we still have momentum? Why? Because we're still dying. If you don't see Pastor Wilma in the service, it's not because she's out at home getting dinner ready. She's either at Carl Army in that service, or she's sitting through all three of my preachers. Telling herself, he didn't say that. Why did he say it like that? (laughs) She's dying so that together we might keep our momentum. Am I making sense? Your business, your marriage, your family is exactly the same. And thirdly, we can believe we can put in less effort and still get the same rewards. No, that's not how it works. To summarize today, Jesus died and he rose again. He went from death to life and it's exactly the same for you and I. When something is dead or dark in your life, trust God, put in the effort, trust Him by faith and expect it to get better, expect it to go from death to life, from dark to light. Can you say amen? You know, we're all going to die physically one day, aren't we? And uh, you say, well, what then? Well, here's the thing. You don't realize it, but when Adam sinned, we all ended up in spiritual death already. So our physical death is actually the end of our spiritual death. But because we've been born again, that death will end up in life. Isn't that true? For some people, death is like, that's the end. No, no, for us it's not. It's from death to life. If you've lost a loved one recently, or you've got an illness and you're a bit fearful, remember on the other side of death is life. On the other side of darkness is light. As I close this morning, before I pray with you, Benjamin Franklin, the great statesman, he was a printer, you know, in his early years and ran a printing press. And he decided to write his own epitaph that they would put on his grave. And uh, he says it like this. He says, the body of B. Franklin Printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out, and stripped of its lettering and gilding, lies here food for worms, gosh, death, but then he speaks about life, but the work shall not be wholly lost, for it will be, as he believed, appear once more in a new and more perfect edition, corrected and amended by the author, life ends in death, no, 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 it doesn't, a new edition of you and I will appear in life, because it's a principle of the kingdom, Jesus died and rose, And if we believe in him, we too will die and rise. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.